0: Well, hey, folks, Uh, welcome to another CyberRudo podcast. Uh, Happy you can join us. Uh, We're going to talk about cybersecurity as usual. And in this this case, we're going to talk about uh, business continuity and really continuity of operations preparing for the unexpected. So that's what we'll be doing today. But it affects pretty much everyone. And some of this stuff actually applies to you at home as well. So um, you might um, think about some of these things and say, hey, what am I doing for my family and whatnot? Uh, if you like the show, uh, please share. Uh, tell your friends about it. Like it. Uh, those are the. That's the way we kind of get uh, uh, popular, or or our. How do you say our ratings go up? And that's how we spread the word, or rather you spread the word for us. So uh, today with me, I have my uh, trusty producer in the virtual studio, uh, Gina Beckman, who uh, will. I don't know if you're going to say a lot this time, so uh, you can jump in, of course. And then also, <laughs> I have my trustee partner, Linnea. Linnea Peter has worked on some of these projects with me and with some of the clients. So she'll bring some uh, insights and stories from, from our clients and what we've seen out there. Linnea, you want to say hi, introduce yourself? Hi. <laughs> so uh, let's sort of jump in. We thought we would talk about business continuity for a couple of reasons. Business continuity is, uh, if you're in this part of the world, I'm in the Southeast U.S., and you might know that hurricane season is coming. It's coming in June. And for some of the companies that uh, are more exposed than others, um, let's say companies in the Caribbean, Bahamas, uh, and, and really all up and down the East Coast, I'd say all the way to New York, you probably think about this stuff when hurricane season comes around, maybe New York. Doesn't have it quite as front and center as, let's say, Florida, South Carolina, uh, Georgia, you know, uh, even North Carolina. And then uh, around on the Gulf side, again, more Florida. And then you get into Alabama, Louisiana, and over to Texas. And uh, those states uh, deal with hurricanes uh, when they come around in hurricane season. Now, the other thing is we've had some pretty major storms across the country, Almost all year, right? And uh, some of the tornadoes that we've had just a few weeks ago are kind of—it feels like it's outside of normal tornado season. Yes. But but those things also are, are kind of same sort of thing. They the interesting thing is hurricanes and tornadoes are two completely different uh, storm events from from a business continuity perspective. Like a hurricane, you see it coming, right? You've got days to prepare. Uh, you start wondering whether or not it's going to hit you or not. Um, Whereas a tornado, you know, you're talking minutes, maybe a few hours uh, at the very most when you're dealing with tornado threats. And then there are all sorts of other threats that might hit as well. We've had floods, uh, snow.
1: California, yeah. California,
0: right. Just these past few days in California. And and it's kind of like been storm after storm after storm.
1: It sure has. yep.
0: And that's resulted in um, flooding. So flooding is probably one of those things where um, you might kind of see some of that coming, but and then suddenly when the actual flood event comes, that happens pretty quickly. Like the the storms are on the weather. You can kind of see that they're coming. So there's a little bit of time to prepare and we'll talk about, you know, kind of how you how you treat those things. Okay, so uh, we got all these different storm events. And then there are other things that that can happen as well that, you know, um, that affect, you know, continuity of operations and so on and so forth. Um, so fires, uh, there could be, you know, a variety of other things. Well, all these things can creep up on you or, or come at you slowly. And then suddenly have to de- deal with stuff. Now, one of the reasons we're talking about this now is again, because I'm here in the Southeast and we've got a uh, hurricane season coming. So there's some, it's a good time to start thinking about, you know, are we ready for this season and whatnot? And and I like to talk about how hurricanes or living in a in a let's say a seasonal storm area kind of changes a little bit how you do business continuity. In in let's say Colorado, where we're based, there aren't really a lot of things weather-wise that you worry about affecting your business. You might have one of these crazy, you know, big three-foot dumping storms that cause people to have to work from home or, or something like that, but it's hardly a real big impact for your business. Maybe, you know, except if you're in a flower delivery business or something like that, but those kinds of events tend not to be as dramatic. Um, Whereas when you live in a hurricane zone, you get this kind of stuff coming at you and you need to prepare. And it's not a, Hey, this might happen. You might have a fire. You have all these things that you kind of, I need to have a business continuity plan because it's required or cyber insurance is asking for it. This is like the real deal here. Like these things happen. Where I live right, right now, we got hit by two storms uh, last year. And uh, and one of them went right over my house and another went uh, just about, uh, I think three miles or something away from here. Now, I was lucky that by the time the this, the first storm, Ian, came over here because I'm on the East Coast, it had pretty much lost all its umph, and we got some wind and stuff like that. Um, the second storm was, you know, pretty much a direct hit, but it wasn't very strong. So, uh, even though we ran to a hotel and kind of rode it out there, um, you know, it took down some branches that probably need to come down anyway. so it wasn't too bad. Um, okay, so let's see. So other things that are are uh, not storm related are man-made threats. So uh, things like breaches, uh, malware outbreaks, and things of that nature can actually affect your business as well. So think about, some of these um, cities or hospitals that have been hit by ransomware um, that is also a cybersecurity incident but in terms of running their business it's a business continuity event right they are not doing anything they're not able to provide patient care or in the case of some of the municipalities that have gotten hit by ransomware they're not able to provide services uh do billing you know whatever it is that they that they do so it's also a uh an event that affects their business uh, dramatically. So what we're talking about or what we're going to get into is preparing for the unexpected, having a plan, thinking about um, how to execute that plan and so on and so forth. So let's sort of, sort of jump in. So uh, key issues that we kind of thought we talked about is um, a lot of businesses don't prepare for this stuff, even if they're aware of uh, you know, the threat. And we see this with things like ransomware, we see it with uh, storm events, but being prepared is really all uh, what it is about when you're in the middle of one of these storms. Uh, We're we're talking to a new organization right now that has multiple business units or or multiple companies underneath it. And they know that those companies have different states of uh, preparedness. So one of the companies is very prepared um, should be able to weather any sort of event of a mature plan. They have communications. Um, they have whatever pre-supplying type stuff uh, taken care of. They report on it. They assess their capability doing like tabletop exercises. And that's one of the things we thought we'd talk about today, actually, is tabletop exercises. Uh, why would you do a tabletop exercise? Lynette? You've been, you've been through this. You've done a tabletop exercise. Why, what are some of the things that you might, you know, learn, or why would you do it, and then what what do you learn from it?
1: Well, you get to kind of play act your way through an event or an example of an event, and it can be any one that would interrupt your business, any type of event, and you test things like how you know who to communicate what to when, and uh, if they have the information that they need in a location they can get to, and Um, it's actually, you know, playing out what you would do and, um, reveals a lot of gaps. So it's a very, very helpful, uh, exercise to go through.
0: Yeah. Would you say, like, do you have to have everything done? Would you have to kind of do your plan? And we'll talk a little bit about what a business impact assessment is, but kind of that evaluation of your needs. Um, do you have to have all that done to do a tabletop exercise?
1: Well, I would say no. I think um, actually uh, running through a tabletop exercise, like I said, it will kind of reveal the natural course of events and you can document uh, as you go through that and um, it will help you put it together. And then it'll also reveal areas that maybe wouldn't have been thought through or thought of that you might try to document, but never would have thought about. So, um, running through an, an exercise is, uh, you can do it at any point in your maturity level or wherever you're at. And it's really helpful.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's, you know, if you, if you don't, if you have something, it might be a good way to kind of test it out, right? Yeah. Uh, not every company needs the same level of, of assessment and planning and and so on and so forth. So it might be a, a good way to do a couple of things. You get a check in the box for your cyber insurance requirement that says you need to do uh, tabletop exercises around business continuity and incident response. So you do that, um, and it might reveal some areas that you can then immediately go work on, right? So uh, so that's that's a useful
1: tool there. Steve, um, when we're talking about doing one of these... Um, exercises or even actually going through an event, is that document the number one important thing that we're talking about when we talk about a plan? Or like for somebody that doesn't know what a business continuity plan document looks like, like what are we talking about?
0: So um, kind of to answer the first part of your question, I I don't think the document itself is a Hard and fast requirement. And I say that because some organizations, you know, have a lot of what you might call sort of tribal knowledge and 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 maybe just because of the way they work, they could handle this without having a documented plan per se. That said, probably ninety percent, ninety five percent of companies out there, they need that document both to demonstrate that they're doing something and also to uh, to have something in the case of of an event where, it, it lays out what you what you might want to do. So, in terms of what it contains, it's really a plan that goes through how you bring people together, uh, how you make a decision to declare a disaster or declare a, a continuity event. And this is kind of important. Uh, it's on the on the technology side. It's actually rather important to have some criteria for what what you uh, consider a, a disaster declaration because sometimes that will trigger other types of activities, let's say failing from one site to another. So if you haven't really thought about what exactly disaster is, then you're going to have to deal with that in the moment, which might mean that you make the the wrong decision, or at least not a thought out decision. And sometimes when you do failovers or shut things down and start it up elsewhere, you can end up with data corruption events and, and various other things that uh, that might happen um, that exacerbate the situation or having uh, or even you know bring on a crisis. and so so that's kind of important. Um, organization is a component typically of a business continuity plan. who gets together, who runs and controls the event, or all the activities that might be relevant. And then sometimes uh, or often, you'll have different types of scenarios that that you can lay out, whether it's a localized fire or, or some sort of a global event, like a storm that hits the whole area that you're in. You know, some companies aren't located in just one place, so um, even if it's a fire, even if it's a storm, it might only affect a portion of the company, and that's going to affect how you approach one of these uh, events. And then I think the other part that that is important with business continuity plans are uh, dividing up what uh, different departments do. So you might have um, Uh, kind of an IT section. Uh, We like to think of that as the IT component of a business continuity plan is the disaster recovery plan, which usually is all about technology recovery and whatnot. But for your finance department, uh, the stuff that they have to go through and maybe what they need to keep their eye on is going to be very different than, uh, let's say, what marketing is doing or, you know, if you have a sales team. Uh, And these are all things that you want to Think about and plan out uh, in advance. Now, once you once you go to the step of kind of creating a business continuity plan, typically you want to have some sort of an assessment that you do on the front end of that, and, and maybe you have a plan, um, maybe it's even you know built from some template, and that's okay. It's a good starting place. You might still want to do an assessment uh, at some point to say what are the most important processes that we have, and and what categorize business processes as important tend to be things like how it impacts revenue, um, how it impacts uh, maybe the public persona of the company. Uh, there might be legal liability. There might be a variety of different things like that, that you use to say, this is the most important business process um, and this is the least. And this typically is done at the department level. So um At the, uh, you know, kind of getting into the plan part. So each department is going to have its set of business processes and priorities within that. And the other thing that's kind of important is understanding how those business processes are supported by both people and technology and maybe even facilities like places to work. And understanding how these things are all part of delivering whatever that business process uh, or service provides. So understanding those dependencies, some of those dependencies today, or almost all of them relate to technology and and again, if this is a significant event that technology might not be available and you'll want to have something that uh, you know addresses how that how uh, while that technology is not available, an application or uh, a file system with some files on it, you know that that becomes kind of critical to uh, to figure out how you're going to operate. we have uh, we have clients that we work with that you know for their sales team, they kind of just said, well, we'll just send them home. We've <laughs> dealt with a studio, like News Studio, where they said, well, we're switching to, you know, iPhones and a, an app and, and a microphone, and, and we're just going to do the news from that instead of a big, you know, camera crew and and all that sort of stuff. Um, all of these things, it helps to to sort of think about. And, and in, in the case of that company, they talked about having messages and certain types of, of um, news media, if you will. Uh, ready to sort of be played ahead of time, and even a backup schedule. So if they couldn't put out their regular schedule, what could they fall back on? So these are all things that they spent some time thinking about, and then could could put in a plan to say, okay, we can do this, and we can do that. Payroll, you know, is one of the more common ones we talk to clients about, uh, and say, how do you how do you do payroll when your system is down? Oh, we can't do it. Well, you know, people. People aren't super happy when they don't get paid and they can't pay their mortgages and all these kinds of things. So that really just is not an option. So you have to figure out how do you pay people? And uh, probably one of the most common strategies is just to rerun you know, last period or last month's payroll. Um, But that can have problems. People have left, new people have come. Maybe you're paying people more than what they worked, if they're hourly or if they're commission-based. So there are things that you have to think about. And I think that's the most important thing of the planning.
1: So planning gets you the plan while you have a clear head and things aren't being stressful, and you can think about it in advance and and document your plan Bs and how you're going to handle things while it's calm and there's no need to do it.
0: Yep, that's exactly right. Again, for for some of the companies that we work uh, with that are sort of weather that have weather events pretty regularly. Um, they often plan for those things. And we've seen that in their plans that they prepare for hurricanes, things like monitoring weather as hurricanes are approaching, monitoring the path. And then depending on sort of, you know, like a, a schedule of timings um, as a as a hurricane's approaching, they'll take certain actions like pre-position equipment or even staff. Um, resources, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, if there's a physical aspect to your business, you might be securing things, all that kind of stuff you can do. Uh, and that makes a ton of sense, particularly if this is something that you're dealing with on a regular basis, like any of the companies, you know, from Bermuda all the way down to the the northern tip of uh, South America, and then all the way into the Gulf. I mean, this is this is every season, right? When hurricanes come along. Pacific, similarly, there, there are definitely hurricanes in the Pacific as well. And I think if you're in some of those islands like the Marianas or you know Guam and Saipan, places like that, you're dealing with these enormous cyclones that do come through. And so you plan for that. What we sometimes see, though, is that that's the only thing they have in their plan. They don't deal with things like a fire and uh, you know data center loss. And then <clears throat> one thing that we've been pretty adamant about trying to sort of connect the dots on is cybersecurity incidents. And business continuity particularly because of these things like ransomware that can can take an organization down your your data breach event probably is not going to spill into a business continuity event but it might create a crisis which is a different thing and we can touch on what a crisis is or crisis management is here in a second but uh, a ransomware event typically will spill into a business continuity event if it's big enough anyway so you need kind of that coordination between the two plans the two groups. Sometimes in smaller organizations, it's the same people. and so there's not a lot of quote unquote cross coordination that needs to happen, but that's kind of important. Now, when we talk about plans, um, you can definitely go on on uh, your browser on Google and Google business Continuity plan example. and you'll find a lot of good plans. we We think of plans kind of as two different parts or maybe three parts. One is the business continuity plan that kind of has everything in it, uh, broken down. Um, communications, and maybe there's some templates and forms for communications in there, the the organization, uh, you know, authorities to call might be in there, stuff like that. Like it's a useful reference document. It's got maybe some steps in the beginning, some sort of big steps, go do this, go do this, kind of spin up the team, get everyone together. Um, But in addition, addition to that, we also like to have what we call a playbook. So at the business unit level at a department, uh, you might want to have a playbook, which is more specific to you and has much more sort of tactical steps to do and that allow you to not have to sift through a big plan, but kind of really just go to the meat of it. Uh, we use the playbook format in, in many different scenarios because it's a playbook. That's you know sort of a play-by-play plan or document. Uh, if you watch football or maybe you don't, um, but in several sports, you have this concept of of a playbook. And you see the coaches on the sidelines and you see the players kind of looking at these sheets. And the benefit of a playbook is that it's intended to be used in a in a high pressure, fast moving situation. And that's really what you're dealing with with one of these incense. So if you use football as an analogy, you've got a playbook that says, what do we do when the, the team is in this position or that position and, and you know we're in this, you know, second down, third down, whatever. Based on score, there's a bunch of different scenarios that have been thought out ahead of time, and you don't have to make it up there where you've got seconds, you know, before uh, you have to call a timeout or before you know you have to make a play. You got to think about these things ahead of time, and it's not so different with business continuity. and And the the opposite would be is if you had to go and and essentially pull out the uh, you know football encyclopedia to say what are all the possible things that we can do. In the middle of a game, you know, you just wouldn't be very successful. Or again, you're relying on people, coaches, sideline coaches, defense, offense coaches to kind of make it up on the fly. You're probably not going to get the level of coordination between special teams or the head coach and other things like that if you're not uh, singing off the same sheet of music. And the same is true in in a continuity event. If you don't have that thought out play by play book, you're going to be having to wing it. And you're not going to do that as well as when you think about things ahead of time in terms of scenarios and what to do and so on and so forth. Sound good?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I want to go back to the tabletop exercise because we've done a couple of those. And I think you, you talked about it earlier in there, but one of the things I was just thinking about is uh, in addition to kind of figuring out where stuff is, uh, you check knowledge, like does everyone know where the plan is? Does everyone know what they're supposed to do? We had a client and we posed a question to them like okay this is this thing is happening and uh someone from the press calls you and asks you know what do you do then I mean do you remember that Linnea?
1: Yeah, I sure do. Uh,
0: did they all say the same thing?
1: No. <laughs> Never.
0: What was the what was the variety of things that they were talking about?
1: So um many of them wanted to go ahead and answer the uh reporter and a few of them said absolutely don't even answer you shouldn't give a response direct them to our PR person yeah so you know those kinds of things are really important to communicate before uh any kind of an event but they sure reveal them when you go through this
0: yeah that was the part that I thought was interesting you know like it's great that people you know said what they thought and there were some I think, thought-out answers. But again, if you looked at this from sort of a PR uh, liability standpoint, you probably would be cringing. And the other thing, too, which I remember is we had these sessions where we met with various teams, did those table stops, and then we did the leadership tabletop. Yeah. And we shared with the leadership what some of their staff had said. And it was like, oh, no, they shouldn't be doing that. and They shouldn't be doing this. And so I think to your point, Linnea, that was, that was when that sort of, hey, I guess... Not everybody knows this stuff. We haven't communicated this stuff. That comes out pretty clearly, right? The the other thing I think you address through some of these exercises, when they're f- fairly well thought out, and you you throw in some curveballs in the process, is as you reveal some risks that maybe haven't been identified uh, before. We had that happen uh, in one of these tabletop exercises where we found out that there was a single point of failure <laughs> for this company's. Uh, primary service, you know, sort of uh, staring us in the face in many ways.
1: Good point. Uh, those single points of failure, you got to identify those.
0: Yeah, I mean, in this session that we had with the executives, so we had been doing multiple sessions, and uh, when we finally went to the executives, we kind of brought this thing that their team had had uh, told them, and so we had this session where uh, the executives started arguing, and you know, we we sort of just. I think we just clammed up, didn't we? <laughs> we yeah. just let them kind of go at each
1: other. <laughs> yeah. They had to kind of air out their different thoughts and get you know, all the ideas expressed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so it's, it's kind of important that you have a semi or somewhat realistic event. Um, we've had one, one situation where we found out that a data center was right next to a gas station and that, you know, if that gas station blew up, uh, their data center would be, potentially compromised, but, but yeah, having these scenarios and then essentially kind of throwing curve balls in and, and I'll make a plug uh, for, an, this is more on the incident response side, but it's it, maybe there's something similar on, you know, straight up business continuity, but um, Black Hills information security, they have a, um, uh, they have a card deck for incident response, uh, tabletop exercise where you kind of keep pulling a card and then, you know, the scenario kind of evolves we we orchestrate it so we we kind of give a little bit of information ask the team to to process it and sort of think through what would they do and what are they going to do and and we sort of let the event build and then we keep sort of throwing new information on the table and then sort of watch it unfold um but uh, but there are other ways to do it but the, the net net is is very good to get everyone together and practice it we we talk about uh sort of you know Uh, fighting like we train, or is it train like we fight? It's fighting like we train, right? (laughs) (sighs) This is very much that. I mean, one thing I've said, I've, I've done business continuity since the late 90s. And one thing I always like to say is like, there's a reason that our armed forces spend a lot of time drilling or practicing. And that's because that's the only way you get good at it. And if you can imagine that our armed forces you know, went into battle based on sitting in class and reading books and writing out something. I mean, you can just imagine how badly it would go. So there's a reason they practice. And that's the same reason we need to practice. Now, shifting gears just a little bit, I think on this one, one thing that might be helpful is to uh, align some terminology, uh, disaster recovery and business continuity are two different things. They're related, but they're two different things. And then you can even throw in a cybersecurity incident response in there. Uh, disaster recovery is focused on recovering technology. So think of it, <clears throat> I often think of it as it's the business continuity plan for the IT group. Now you might have disaster recovery for, uh, let's say engineering, or if you are a man- manufacturer, you might have a manufacturing team that do recovery there. But business continuity is focused on the business and the business processes. So we often say business continuity is about the people, and you know facilities and processes, whereas DR or disaster recovery is about the technology. The two typically go hand in hand, and if you have a technology disaster, um, anything that you know deals with loss of data or extended outages, that becomes a business continuity event. But sometimes those things don't necessarily tie together. You can also have a business continuity event that doesn't affect technology. In fact, in beginning of 2020, we all had that when suddenly we were told to go home and not go to work. So for some companies that depended on computing systems that sit in an office, suddenly they weren't doing that. Back in 2000, 2001, we had the SARS scare, if you guys remember that. And we uh, we had companies then that basically had people who didn't want to come in the office and we didn't have the remote working capabilities and the SaaS services that we have today. So it was a lot harder. You needed to have a laptop, you need to have a VPN and uh, and licenses and things of that nature, because everything was client server and based kind of inside the walls of the kingdom, uh, as it were, the fort.
1: Yeah.
0: Good, good, good. So um, uh, some last minute sort of thoughts before we call it a day. And you guys go drink your green beer or whatever you're doing. I'm thinking, where do you go from here? What what should you do if this is an area of responsibility that you have? Uh, you might have listened to this podcast. Like, what what would you be our next step?
1: Starting from zero.
0: I don't know. I I'm thinking just anyone listening, not necessarily starting from zero. It feels like I just asked a trick, trick question. <laughs> it wasn't meant as a trick question. It was just uh, so. Here are my thoughts anyway. Um, I go find out what do we have. Uh, you know, how well prepared are we, you know, um, is it easy to find your own plan? Do you have a plan? Do you need to have a plan? And just kind of like, where are you today? And then maybe, you know, based on that, you say, all right, we might need to do an assessment. Maybe our plan's in good order. You can find out if people know what it is. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll give you another thing to think about with planning is like, they get outdated. So if you have one, make sure that whatever it involves is how your organization works today on the business side do they use the same applications because you might find that the old uh, financial system used to be you know in house on a server in the data center and maybe today it's you know online somewhere and and your uh, approaches for using it might be different might be easier but they might be different so keeping up to date but I, I would do that. And I think, like you said earlier, Linnea, like maybe consider a tabletop exercise to just to see how are you going to do today? And that might might take you one direction or another. Right. Good stuff. Well, I think we've covered a bunch of stuff around business continuity. Again, it's kind of a little bit top of mind because of all the storms that we've had, because we've got hurricane season coming in this part of the country. and uh, And so it's just maybe good to stop and think of that and look at that. Make sure that you don't have to do everything last minute right before the season starts. Who knows, with the way the weather's going, we might have seasons starting earlier and going later. And it certainly feels like, at least with the weather storms that we've had, you know, pretty much all winter, that just the cycles are getting more, you know, intense, right? It's sort of, it's like that jet stream, you know, wave going up and down, just goes up and down much stronger. And living here in Florida, I worry about like hurricane season getting more active. Or the hurricanes getting stronger? Did you guys see that hurricane? Or oh, it was a cyclone because it's got a different name in a different part of the world. But that basically went um, from in India, maybe it was the longest traveling cyclone, I think, mean, because it ended up in Africa. It hit Madagascar, and Madagascar, and uh, Madagascar, Malawi and Mozambique, and it just. It literally traveled across the entire ocean as a cyclone. Tropical Storm Freddy. Okay. So this was.
1: It's sounds so innocuous.
0: So it started. Let's see. So the 24th uh, is when it hit Mozambique. Um, and let's see. When did it start? Yeah. It even hit Zimbabwe. Uh, yeah. It developed on the 6th of February off the coast of Northwest Australia. And then it basically cruised across the Indian Ocean or whatever the oceans are, the South Indian Ocean. Um, and it's like, this is very rare. And, and I worry about that kind of stuff. This is very rare. We hear that about like every other storm these days. So is it rare anymore? But yeah, anyway, it, it ended up, I think, hitting uh, you know, Madagascar and stuff as a category four and then category three when it hit uh, you know mainland. So interesting, but yeah, very, very long track a long lasting storm. So I think that's kind of just a tendency that we're seeing here, but that's, that's hurricanes for you. Good stuff. Well, um, there you have it. Like the car talk guys, uh, there you have it. You've wasted another hour. Hopefully it's not wasted, but you spent another hour with us. Thank you very much for doing that. And Linnea, I appreciate you being on and sharing some of the experiences that that we've had together working with our clients. Yeah. Yeah. If you liked it, if you found it useful, Please share, please comment. Um, If you thought we said some stupid stuff, hey, tell us that too, because that's how we get better. Signing off from the Space Coast of Florida. We'll see you next time. Y'all have a good one.